What's up, everybody? Yo. Movie bonfire. We're throwing another one on the bonfire. Oh, yeah, on the bonfire. Because that's what you do. You throw dead things on the bonfire. <laughs> and we're talking about the dead zone. What do you, hey, what do you get? Well, here's a quick question for you. Okay. What do you get when you mix Stephen King and David Cronenberg? Mutant babies? It's alive? <laughs> no. <laughs> you get the dead zone. The dead zone. Oh. Glorious movie. I'll, I'll throw that out first. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> so we've got the dead zone, right? Now, of course, you know, the only problem I'm willing to admit with this movie is that you're taking a Stephen King novel, which, of course, is way better than any movie you're going to make right off. Good point. So you're probably trying to fit about three million pages into two hours. That's arguable, too. Also a good point. So I'm I'm thinking a lot's going to happen in this movie, and it's going to seem a little disconnected because of this, because our transitions are like 80 pages. He's trying to to get get our goat. That's the only... Criticism I will accept against this film. So please, <laughs> please, okay. you talk. So let's let's talk about what the movie is briefly. It's a little. It's a story. There's a guy named Johnny Smith. Very interesting name this guy has, and uh, played by Chris. Yeah, Walken. why is he called Johnny? He's a grown man. What was that? that? That must be the Raven. Knocking <laughs> at my Christmas door. So. Christopher Walken is Johnny Smith, an English professor who's dating this other, oh, not a professor, a teacher. I would, I would say literature, not English. Okay. My, brother, my brother's an English teacher, so I'm sensitive to that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's a literature teacher. And um, he's teaching his class. He has a girlfriend. He does also bone a her. He does not bone her. He gets in an accident <laughs> with a milk truck. With a milk truck. <laughs> And then semi truck. I don't think they have that. But. <laughs> and then wakes up five years later with psychic abilities to where he can see uh, the future, the past, the present, wow. present, everything just by touching people. He like has these senses of what's happening to them yep. all around. So check. That's got, the basic story. You got to have the Stephen King for coming up with an original idea. You know the psychic power thing. <laughs> we don't really see him do that very often. Okay, so <laughs> the shining. Uh, what else? Firestarter. <laughs> Carrie. Every book. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny Smith wakes up, and he's got this power, but it doesn't. It's never explained what it is. You're like, he's like, oh, I'll touch you. Your house is burning down. Save your daughter. I'll touch you. You're sad because your sister killed herself. I'll touch you. Oh my God, you're gonna die tomorrow. I have to prevent it. Or I'll touch a dead body. I know who killed her. I can explain it. So I, I, I'm confused as to what. And then I read this book like three or four years ago, so I don't really remember the book. Mm. But I remember it, it was well written, but not my favorite Stephen King. But I think it also didn't make that much sense in the book. Like it was kind of like just he had this power. Well, that's the thing. You're looking for something you can define. (laughs) You know, sometimes things happen to you that you can't explain, right? That's true. Especially when you're in a coma for five years, weird stuff could happen. I'm just saying. I think I kind of like that about it because it's not just, oh, yeah, he's psychic now. He knows some stuff. No, he can't control it. He doesn't know what's going on. When he touches people, sometimes he gets visions. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he He just shook a couple people's hands. Gets it on with his ex-girlfriend who's now married with the baby. You know, right? That, That's no. where did he get? Did he get any psychic visions then? I don't know. We don't, we weren't told so. Maybe it doesn't work with his penis. That's <laughs> 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 the Good point. 
Or maybe he's like, I just got a vision. You're going to blow me in three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go make that I happen. don't think there's any way to prevent this. Yeah. There was no dead zone in that one. I don't know why. So, okay. Let's, are you still going to... Well, here's what you, I like about that. I'm with Bracken on this one. You are? Why do you have to define exactly what the power is? Well, I It's good like enough to that they just touch and then he gets a glimpse of something. He doesn't really even know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can see the future, the past... The present. He just sees something about that person. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like hyperbolic in that person's mind. Like the guy's thinking about his sister who killed herself. That's something hot topic on that dude's head. So, that's what he, that's so what he you sees. think, but okay, then why would he see the girl's daughter, the woman's daughter dying in a fire? That's not on that girl's mind. She no, doesn't but even know. It's something, what, you're asking me to define it, but what I'm saying is it's, I think it's just something that's important that's happening that pertains to that person at that very moment, whether it's... No matter where in the world. Mm-hmm. That's what psychic powers are. If you, you know what? That the world okay. is energy I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take that. I read Michael Crichton's Travels, yeah. and I see what you're saying. Psychic powers, when he talks about psychic powers and that, he does say you can't really... It's like he describes it like a person, like a blind person feeling around, like they can kind of see what's happening. They don't really know. What he calls the real psychics, they're like kind of saying like, "I see this, I see this. I don't really know how to put these together. I don't really know what it is, but it's not something where you can say, "I always see the future. Yeah. I always can tell you this about yourself." But there's something so, okay. There's something I'll interesting that about that because what happens throughout in the film, his evolution as a psychic power, psychic seer, is it becomes a lot more. Um, he becomes a lot more confident in his psychic power towards the end of the movie because that's kind of the point. Like. When he sees certain things happening, he is sure in his soul that this future event that he saw in his psychic vision will happen. You so, gotta call off the, <laughs> the ice skate. You can't play hockey today. Damn it. So <laughs> I'm sorry I broke that. <laughs> to me, I'm thinking like it's a movie, but it could be an evolution of his confidence in his psychic ability. Because I imagine at the beginning, he's like, I don't really know if this is true or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. You try to say that psychic is like people feeling in the dark, but he's not feeling in the dark at the end when he wants to blow away Senator Stilson. Okay. Correct. Okay. Then I'll take that point, fellows. <laughs> I'll take that point. It can be whatever, and that is mm-hmm. that is helpful because in real life, things are not well-defined like this. Exactly. And it endears us to him as a protagonist because we see what he's going through. He doesn't understand it, so we're going through a and journey. And we don't either. Right. And we're like, I don't get it either. Exactly. And he, when he decides he wants to help the cops, then he can't, kind of, and he's like, what the fuck? I don't know what I, I'm sorry. And what, the other thing I like about him is he's not a clear-cut hero. He's got some psychic abilities, but he's got flaws. He banged a married chick. He doesn't help the cops oh. the first time they ask. He is an everyday guy who makes mistakes, has problems, puts himself first before what's correct or right, what he believes in, and yet we still love him for it. We still love his gimpy walk <laughs> that only Christopher Walken could do. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty good gimpy walk. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I couldn't figure out his, his limp the entire movie. I'm like, which leg is it? I don't know. <laughs> it keeps a changing. <laughs> he just decides, in this scene, I think my leg, my right leg hurts at the knee. In right. this scene, I think it's my left ankle. Okay, I don't like, really care. Besides what Bracken said at the beginning, which is it's very hard to cram a long Stephen King novel into a two less than two-hour movie. That's very difficult to do, and I think that we can all agree that this filmmaker had problems doing that because 
you start skipping over things and glossing over and it just becomes like a mishmash of a plot that's way too long. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Would that's, you agree with that, Brian? That's, I would that's agree. Why that's the, the only I, problem. That's why I tried to find so another problem because we're gonna throw that's that. the main problem I have with it is it's very fragmented and oh. I can't, I get, I get kind of annoyed where we start one story and it, I just felt like it was like a bunch of little vignettes like the love scene, yeah, the wreck scene, he's out of a coma. Helping the cop scene. Yeah, helping the cop scene. There's right. a killer. Now we're done with that. And these are like chap- chapters in the book. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, more like sections in the book. Like, right. you know, like act one, act two. And they did. I didn't feel like there's a lot of connection between them. Right. And I felt like a lot of time was spent. So, well, I think that, that's we can a, ignore that one, but you, I felt that was a big complaint. That's like a really hard thing to do in a, when you make a novelization or a, a film from a novel. You either have to like... Yeah, have you seen any of the Harry Potter movies? Definitely. Yeah, have you seen, um, what's that one with Tom Hanks and that French girl? That, uh, An- oh, not Angels and Demons, the yeah, first other one. one. They try to cram everything in, and it's just, it's, it's terrible. Anyway, yeah. this is a known problem with films from movies, and I don't books know really... Movies now. Films from books, right. Yeah. And I think that... Films from movies? I, we, I don't really like, want to talk about that. I want to pick on this movie okay. in other ways. Okay. Well, let me just interject real quick that this was actually done as a, as a TV series later. Did you guys see that at all? No, no but, but I can see how that could work It better. worked yeah. really well as an episodic TV series. I just could see definitely that it would work way better like that because also I was thinking while I was watching this, like, I would like to see more stuff because it seems like he gets one thing and mm-hmm. then that, okay, we're done with that episode, like he solved this crime. Right. But I could see how that would easily translate to a... Um, like a bunch of crimes or different crimes. And Starring Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, just, I'm just throwing that out there. Anthony Michael Hall. I remember that. Yeah. That was a really highly acclaimed TV show. It had a long run, I think. It was not still going. Yeah, it would be a great episodic show because he's, every show you get a little psychic episode. Yeah. Same it's like, day. I have a new thing I found out about myself. I can do this, too. All right. Okay. Let me throw one out there that I didn't like. Throw it on Bracken, the Bracken already touched on it. All right. The wife shows up after the fact, like shows up at his little house when he's Mr. Lonely and basically says, okay, it was meant to be, let's have sex and, and with my baby in the bed. Why, why would she do that? That's just cruelty. And then, secondly, she sticks around and makes dinner for him as if they're going to be a whole happy family. And then she just basically pulls the rug out from under him at the end of the night. She's like, he's like, will I ever see you again? And she's like, not like this. Bam. Yeah. That is just cruelty. And, okay, she might be a cruel lady. It might be come out in the book that she's, like, some cruel, like, manipulator. But in this movie, she's basically, like, a very nice person. So, I don't really... They don't really paint her as, like, a, a mean person. Why would she do that? So, no, I hate... She is supposed I to I just be. felt, like, my criticism is she did not act realistically. And maybe... And so, I was thinking, was maybe in the book they explain it better. Why she would do that? I think it's supposed to be... I'm a little more forgiving of that, not as like real people, but as movie characters and what the story is. They were like hardcore in love. They were going to get married. They're crazy about each other. They probably think they're like soulmates or whatever. She, he went into a coma. She probably had this other guy who consoled her and they were, the doctors probably said, this guy's never coming out of this coma. You know, you're in your late twenties. You need to just move on. If you ever want to have a family. And she was like, well, I guess I will. And then, what happens? He comes out of the coma. Kind of like in Castaway. Same kind of thing. So he comes out of the coma, and then she's like, oh, shit. I do love my husband that I have now. 
but I maybe I don't have the same connection I had with Johnny Smith, but I thought Johnny Smith was dead. Now he's not. So she's giving in to her own self, her own desires for him, and then being like, no, but I can't do this. Why does she stick around and make dinner? I don't know. Plot point. She just wants to hang out with him, I well, guess. But here's what I would say. I would contend that, in fact, this, when I was thinking about this movie, I, to me, that's what made it more realistic for me. Because I think that if somebody was in love and a love that was never like consummated or associated, right. to me, later on, how could you not think about maybe exploring that option, even if it's just for a day, just to see what it would be like? I think people would. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of people would, hmm. especially if. They never got that closure because it was just interrupted, boom. And then I had to just sort of move on-ish. I guess. And I, I guess I can see what you're saying. I think it was a bad just... call on her husband's part to let her go there by herself. Oh, like he I would knew. be like, yeah. like he knew that. Come on. Yeah. She was there all day. Where'd he, he was off on she business was, or well, something? some business trip. Yeah. Man, what an asshole. Campaigning for Stilson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'd be like, sorry, honey. I'm going to go with you. Yeah. Apparently, you efforts <laughs> don't agree with me. But here's <laughs> my next one. And you just said it. Stilson. This is the last act of the film, and we're gonna bring in this buffoonery, <laughs> over the top, crazy politician guy who's obviously this that a Glenn Beck as a politician. Right. The movie really has no <laughs> villain per se, to use a rickism. Then we bring in this buffoon to play the villain who's got aims to start World War Three. Okay. This is just it's horrid. Maybe it's better written in a book where we have. Maybe, you know, the book is about political corruption, political power. I can see that that thread maybe runs through the book a lot stronger. But when you introduce that at the end of the story, and it's really disconnected from this sort of psychological story that we've been watching for two-thirds of the movie, and then all of a sudden you throw in this crazy man, it just threw me for a loop, and I was just like, ugh, I hated this. But I sort of liked Charlie Sheen's portrayal. Yeah, <laughs> Martin Sheen. I think. Yeah. Okay. Look, you're reminding me of Charlie. I think <laughs> I I agree with the part that like the villain just shows up at the end and we're kind of like it's kind of like seems like we need some kind of ending here like something's got to happen in the final chapter so we're kind of like we need his biggest yeah. psychic thing yet but we're we're kind of introduced to it slowly we get he can he figures out he can stop the future from happening if he sees it. Then he goes and he's like, oh, that means I have to stop this. But he knew that from the very back. beginning. That his first power was to stop the future from happening. That baby was in the fire. He didn't see her die, though. Oh. He just saw the flames and was all like, right, all right, there's all still right. time. Get to your house. Okay. You need to go. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't see her die. So I'm glad you got to do it. <laughs> should be happy. Um, that is a is thing I have where I felt like they make it so obvious. Like, he definitely can see the future. He definitely knows this guy's gonna, and they make him like so over the top, like you said. He signs a treaty. You better push that button, or else I'm gonna cut your hand off and push it for you. Okay, I'll do it, sir. And then he's like, the nukes are flying. Oh, and then the people come up to his door. Mr. President, we have reached a diplomatic agreement. The nukes are flying. Hallelujah! Like the most crazy guy ever. George Bush would look at that guy and be like, this guy's insane. <laughs> I would never do that. So. <laughs> we see, we like make this guy like the worst guy ever, and we know for sure that he can see the future. So I don't feel like there's tension of like, is he right or wrong to go assassinate this guy? Because that would be interesting to me to look into. Because people who assassinate people are usually like schizophrenic or have some kind of thing where they're like, yeah. like you know, Jodie Foster would be impressed if I killed this guy. Right. So <laughs> like to say like, well, this guy thought that 
could see the future. He thought he could see the future and that this guy's going to do this. But we don't think no, that. We're just I agree like, with you. We're just Why? like, this guy knows. He's right. Martin Sheen's crazy. They needed to throw in some ambiguity on his visions because at the end you're like, well, this is the same thing if Hitler was in power. Would he ask his doctor, right. would, I kill, would you kill Hitler? Yeah, well, anybody would do that or you know, lots of people would do that. And so it's just like, there is no, like, is he doing the right thing? He just basically, you're basically like rooting for him to shoot this dude. And uh, there's well, really no tension there. I think they traded the ambiguity of, is my vision right or not, for the moral dilemma of, can I be a murderer even if the reason is just? You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, from Johnny, we haven't seen any violence up to this point. It's always been, you know, well, except for smashing one lower thing, but he apologized for that. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I broke back. <laughs> so to me, it was him struggling with, okay, I've come to realize that my visions are true because everything so far has happened. I know this guy's bad. I know that he's going to cause lots of people to die. Can I sacrifice my morality to save these people? Because no one's going to understand. He knows no one's going to understand. Oh, well, you saw the future. Okay, well, no problem. You know? yeah. He knows it's going to be probably the end of his life to do so. Now that you bring up that it's a moral dilemma about him being a killer... It to me makes more sense that he didn't get to kill him at the end, right? Because they're like, we don't want to make him actually be an assassinator, because that would be saying that if you assassinate someone, you maybe have a reason. <laughs> so I would have, I would have still liked run. more of that to happen. So yeah. you'd be like, more again, more ambiguity. Like, what, what is he right? Is he not? He killed him. I don't know. I yeah. think they just don't have time at the end to build up that ambiguity because then you got to have another scene where they show his vision not being exactly true, so you can cast some doubt on there. And they just have time. They don't have time to do it. Well, well, but I think you would have had time. You had time to do that. Like when he's kid, the kid's gonna go play hockey and he sees him die. Yeah. If that guy actually did call off the hockey practice, there's no way to ever know. Okay. Would that have happened? Would it not have? Like, yes, nobody died because yeah. we didn't play hockey, but. That doesn't mean that you stopped it. It means maybe it never would have happened. I, I think see, that yeah. is more interesting to me because then we'd be like, he sees this future. But is it a possible future among futures, not necessarily yeah. the definite future? I think they should have leveraged that kid scene a little bit, the kid part a little bit more. Probably they were trying to stick to the book. And you could have like switched it oh. up a little bit and throw some ambiguity in there. But I get the feeling, I didn't read the book, but I get the feeling this like pretty much rides the line of the book really like, I think so, solidly. Yeah. yeah. I thought the kid and Johnny Smith, their relationship was a little come uncomfortable on, for me. Come on. He kept being like, Johnny, I can't read by myself, this is silly. The, this is the guy. Come back inside. Oh, Jesus. I was just like, oh, come on. You're oh, so dear. break. You're so like, wrong in that. <laughs> what? Like a grown man and a child can't have a non-Nambla <laughs> relationship. <laughs> He's a teacher at heart, too. He's just like, you brought this kid out of his shell. He's getting paid the mega bucks to work for them, and... Why can't you just look on the bright side? Jeez. <laughs> okay, okay. D- I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Them. Maybe Stephen King wanted to push it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was that in the book? Maybe it was in the book. I don't know. I don't know. No. Was it in the book, Johnny? Was he like, you know, such a... Like, in this one, he's really like the hero. He doesn't do, really do any evil, I guess. Right. I mean... Well, that's just... He's just a guy. He's just a normal guy. I mean, like... Okay. He doesn't do evil, but he doesn't really do any... Good, like kind of the why his name is Johnny Smith. It's supposed to be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like this power, but he doesn't really know. And like Bracken said, he says, "I'm not gonna help you." Like, 
Right. I don't want to, but then he's yeah, like, okay, well, he had a reason okay, for that. Tom Skerritt, I'll he help had, you. He had a reason for that, because I thought it like hurt him when he uses his power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as it progressed, it got worse. Oh. He was like, he kept saying, if I do that, it makes it like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't yeah. like he didn't want to help. It was like, if I do this, I'm like killing myself in a way. That's why. That's I true. It kept, maybe that's why his power was getting stronger. So I don't know when he just all of a sudden just flipped and went like, okay, so Tom Skerritt, let's figure it out that it's the other guy. <laughs> Tom Skerritt. Did you like Tom Skerritt in there? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I like his mustache, yeah. <laughs> Great, man. <laughs> I want him to be the sheriff of Chicago. He's the new he sheriff He should be the town. sheriff of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> should be the sheriff of Boys Town. <laughs> uh, what else you got to say? Well, um, here's here's my okay. My the only other thing criticism I will allow or I oh I have a great one. Present. Sorry for interrupting. I think that they approached him having to sacrifice his morality to save people, but they backed away from it. I thought that was a little cowardly. I wanted to see him make the tragic choice to become a murderer. Have to live with that for a few seconds. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, you wanted yeah. him to actually kill the dude. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That would have been way better for me. I mean, because now I understand. Yeah. Now you've got the element still Stin defeats himself by his douchebagginess comes out. Yeah. But still, it's like I would have liked to have seen... They set up the choice. They set up the dilemma. I wanted him to, to make that choice. <laughs> Did you or, like... Uh, that, just I'll, think of that lame brain vision when you, like... That was so... That made me think... That was, like, so Cronenberg. He's like... <laughs> Pans away, blood, Cronenberg blood. Like the Newsweek. I love that he has the he has the Newsweek cover, and he's like like that's what Stilson's doing, sitting there reading Newsweek. Oh, look at me on the cover. I might as well kill myself. Oh yeah, because he has the vision of that too. He's like, oh good. Yeah. Yeah, right when he's dying, he has that vision. Oh, here's my question. You just touched on it. I didn't think. To me, this movie is Cronenberg saying, "Okay, Hollywood, I will do your bidding, and I'll make a movie that's not mine." I'm going to get a movie that's written by someone else. I'm going to tone down my idiot gore. I won't have any gore in it, except for one little scene, which is not even that bad. The scissors, There's another scene. Scissors in the mouth. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But they don't show it. It's like a, know. It's just basically a set piece after the fact. And they that would never work. That is totally edited it out. I'm sure he shot it. Oh, that would that would hurt so bad. But it would not kill right, you. Well, whatever. What I'm telling that's you. That's what I was worried about. What I'm like, telling you is this is a Cronenberg bending over saying, okay, Hollywood, I'll do whatever you want. You want I'm a good I'm a player. I'll play your game. Mm-hmm. And I and that's what was like was like, you freaking loser. You didn't go for your the in the scene the one scene that you had some gore, you didn't even go for it at all. Here's what I think happened. I think Cronenberg, who's probably a big Stephen King fan, saw a chance to do a Stephen King story, sort of his way. Yeah. And I think he jumped on it. I'm sure that some of his crap got edited out. I'm sure of it. You know he shot the scissors going into the face. And they just like, whoa, no, can't do that. <laughs> I'd like to see the commentary on it to see if that's true. Because yeah. maybe the, you know, maybe this is like, you know, 20th Century Fox. It's tightly gripped. They don't, they don't want to make it be all crazy. Yeah, they're like, listen here, Cronenberg. Maybe yeah. you're used to doing whatever you want, but we just gave you X a million amount of dollars. Yeah. This is a Stephen King property. This has to be bankable. Yeah. And we gave There's you. no scissors in the mouth scene for you. <laughs> it's kind of the first time you got some good actors. It's what I've seen. Yeah. Like you got, you can't really fault uh, Walken. He's great. Oh man. All the actors are really good. I don't know about the the girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know what she's just no nothing. But yeah. Uh, yeah, she wasn't that great. Tom Skerritt, Martin Sheen. <laughs> Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen was man, great. The dude yeah. was trying. Yeah. He's like, I gotta be evil. I gotta do something. He was going all out. Even from his first scene, I was like, man, this guy is dedicated to this role. Yeah. I liked when he showed up when he was passing out those buttons in, yeah. the, in that room. He's like, have a button. 
That was really good. I like that he showed the button going in Johnny Smith's hand so he didn't shake his hand. Yeah. Because I was thinking if maybe if he shakes the hand, oh, he sees some kind of, like, he would get some kind of psychic reaction from him, like, oh, this is a fucking bad guy. But we didn't want, we didn't want that yet, oh. so he, get, he shakes his hand with a button. That's Here's a, a button. Point. You can't shake my hand. I didn't think about but he that. But he does shake the boy's father, his hand, at... Yeah, that's at true. Johnny's place and gets nothing from it because yeah. I was looking for it I'm like oh they just shook hands and that guy changed from a, like a normal guy to a bad guy though because he was like nah he wasn't really bad yeah well he was like a dick he was like nah you cannot nah. do this hockey thing I can see the future he was a rich guy who was basically wanting his son to come out of his shell so I don't really think he was a bad guy I think he was just pushing his son and got tired of yeah. you know Christopher Walken's Stuff. He probably didn't believe in Walken's psychic abilities because, like, he tells him at the start, "I'm not hiring you for those. Yeah. I'm hiring you because you're a teacher and you're really good." Apparently. Yeah. And plus, if he was really bad at the moment of truth when he was like, "I just told that lie to get Johnny out of here. We're going to really do the hockey match," and then the little boy's at the computer and he says, "I want to go. go," and he would have made him go, but he didn't make yeah. him go. Yeah, you're right. So I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. I don't know. It's t- he. He was somewhat of a villain when they needed a villain in the show. Yeah. A couple of nitpicky things. Why at the end of the movie when he shoots the dude, he's like on the ground. Why isn't the cops like flying all over him? Third thing is, why is this woman who's his fiance, who is obviously has a liking of Stilson, she comes over there and kisses him and says, oh, you were the love of my life. Wouldn't she like be appalled at what he just did? Well, that like, and also, <laughs> why did Stilson come over to confront his almost yeah. killer? <laughs> Why'd you do that? I was yeah. <laughs> like, what? That's what was amazing. You have all these people who are like foaming at the mouth, like, Stilson, oh, I love him. He's God. And then this happens. All of them are gone. <laughs> gone. Peace, I'm out. The only people left, Stilson, his assistant, and then his assistant turns on him. Yeah. The husband, the new husband, wife, and baby. And walking. That's it. Everyone is out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> My one question, though, his, like, his lackey dude, his assistant, who has done completely insidious things for him, is yeah. like, you held up a baby? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> this yeah. guy's got a moral base to yeah. judge? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I was like that, too. I was like, really? That guy cares? Yeah. He's like, I'm out. Fuck this. Fuck this game. <laughs> Fuck this noise. Stilson, I ain't your lackey no more. I was like, what? Actually, even in the futuristic vision, we see Stilson. He still has his lackey. I was like, who is his lackey? What, what job did he get this like Rocky Balboa guy who just breaks people's heads? This is my He's the Department of State. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Why in the middle of New Hampshire in this little town is the outside of, of Johnny's house the headquarters of this Stilson, this giant poster. <laughs> yeah. Like in the middle of winter, they had this carnival, like out in the middle of the field. Like, why would you have it there, dude? Go to... Go, go, to, it's so they can go to Bangor or something, dude. It's yeah. so he can do this. When that guy walks up to his door and goes, have you heard of Greg Stilson? And there you can see right behind that giant billboard. What do you think? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> That's just like poor movie making when you're like, oh, we just got to put this shit together. Have it be outside the window. <laughs> that's when I hate Cronenberg. I'm like, that's the best you can do, bro. <laughs> oh, don't hate on Cronenberg. I hate on that dude. <laughs> All right, so what's, are we done? We got to grade it. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Talking about it, I realize, a l- okay, you get a little bit higher ranking for me 
talking about it because it is an interesting movie. It does have a lot of discussion points, which is nice. Based on other Stephen King movies are much worse. So <laughs> yeah. it gets points for that too. Still, I was kind of bored during this movie. I kind of didn't like the fragmentation really at all. Um, the ending was just kind of like, really, that's the end. So I'm going to give it, this is with points added, a C minus. Ooh. C minus. With points added? With yeah. Points so added. Were the, it was more like a D, wow. but it worked its way up. A little, just because there are a lot of interesting talking points. I would not watch it again. Ooh. Yeah. You would not watch it again? No. What if, okay. My turn. I mean, if I wanted to do a movie bonfire recap in <laughs> two years, I might watch it again. But um, I was bored as well. I thought that the breakdown with the novel to the film was just amateurishly made. I really saw the faltering in that. That car but, agreed with you. But <laughs> it's not the worst Cronenberg movie I've seen. It's not the worst Stephen Stephen uh, what's his name Stephen King book I've ever seen made into a movie. And I think what I'm going to say is who makes this movie watchable and remember memorable is the acting and Christopher Walken. So this could have been a piece of crap had you not had a good actor playing the lead role, in my opinion. So I'm going to give it a B, C plus, very, almost a B minus, but I'll give it a C plus. Okay. Well, I was obviously a little more fond of it than these two. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very endeared to Christopher Walken's character, partly by acting, partly by the stuff he's got to go through. So I thought it was, I thought it was good filmmaking. I thought Cronenberg did a, a good job with it because I, kn- I understand that he had a struggle fitting ginormous Stephen King book into a, into a film. So I, yep. he did it better than most. <laughs> so I'll give him that. So I will knock it down though because I wanted Christopher Walken to shoot somebody's face off, <laughs> and they didn't. I thought that was kind of a cowardly move there. I wanted him to, to go the extra mile and have to make the choice. So I'm going to move it from, I'm going to move it down to an A-. minus. Oh, 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 oh wow. This just, when you said uh, shoot somebody in the face, it made me think of another Cronenberg movie, Videodrome, <laughs> when someone gets shot. I would have loved to see that at the end of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Johnny Smith shoots Greg Stilson. He starts decomposing on the ground. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the video drum dendrites. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to believe this movie's by the same dude who did scanners with the head exploding and all this. Like, yeah. Did you just like cut your own dick off to make this movie or what? <laughs> you got no balls anymore, crony. Well, he had to get money, right? Yeah, yeah. Bend over. It's fine. <laughs> no, let's talk about the next movie because... Even I had, this is probably the only, this is the, besides Existence, this is the only movie that I had seen of Cronenberg's, and I would argue that it's a masterpiece of the Cronenberg canon. Okay, well, let's not talk about it. Let's not give anything away. What? I thought we were going to intro it for Night to Tomorrow. Uh, okay, go ahead. It's the 1986 film, The Fly, starring Jeff Goldblum, and his, I think he falls in love with his wife during the filming of this show, Gina Davis. Mm. I think this is where they met. You can't, wow. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Well, who wouldn't fall in love with Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. I, this is when I fell in love with him. <laughs> I know. So, it's a great story. A great One of the great remakes. It's one of the remakes that I think people think about it as the movie rather than the original movie. It's, yeah. The Fly it's, was a remake? Yeah. There's a 50s oh, one. Yeah, it's like, it's so bad. Like, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Let's not get into that. it too much. It's a price. All right. It's a good one, too. Get ready tomorrow for The Fly. Right.
next Cronenberg. <laughs>